Welcome to Business Done Differently, where baseball team owner turned showman Jesse Cole speaks with successful entrepreneurs who stand out in business and in life by thinking differently and challenging the status quo. We believe whatever is normal, do the exact opposite, and that normal gets normal results. If you want to stand out and be different, this one's for you. Today's guest is one of the top experts on content marketing and the customer experience. He's the author of They Ask, You Answer, which was named the number one marketing book by Mashable. He's now an international keynote speaker named by Forbes as one of the top 20 speakers you do not want to miss. He's a rock star, a legend, and a fireball of energy, and I am pumped to welcome the one and only Marcus Sheridan to the show. Dude, that was pretty solid. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, gotta have fun with it, man. You deserve it, because again, for the listeners, I first met you, we were actually at Social Media Marketing World and listening to Scott McCain talk, who was a former guest on the show. We're doing this weird exercise, all right, where we're like, I don't even understand what we were doing. And then all of a sudden, I heard you speak. And I was like, this guy is unbelievable. One of the best speakers I've ever heard. And you've got to that point. And I think where I want to start for the listeners is we both started in similar situations. For the listeners that know, three years ago, we were down to our last dollar. I had to sell our house. My wife and I were living on an airbed down to our last few dollars. You went through that during the recession that really changed the game for you and what you're doing today. So can you share a little of the context there? Yeah, man. Here's the quick one on one, Jesse. I started a swimming pool company with two buddies in 2001. Things are going okay up until the economy crashes 2008, right? So once the economy crashes, we literally within the first 48 hours of the crash, we lost a quarter of a million dollars in business. And then over the coming weeks, it got worse and worse and worse. And then by January of 2009, we're going over the edge. I talked to three consultants, and they all said the same thing. You should file bankruptcy. But the problem was, if I filed bankruptcy, I was going to lose my home, as you well know, right? My two business partners would have lost their homes. My 16 employees at the time would have lost their jobs. So we had to figure out a way how to get back over that edge without really spending any money to do it. And that's when I started to read about the internet. And also, as I look back on those times, you know, it's funny, Jesse, because so often we don't do incredibly spectacular things in life and business until we are in trouble or peril. And I look back on the crash as the turning point of my life professionally. It was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And I think it's important that we just remember that the next time any of us are going through something. It's like, if you come through on the other side, there's guaranteed growth. Mm. 100%. Well, when you hit rock bottom, you have to find a new way to do things. You have to find it's a necessity, which a lot of people don't know. And it conveys, do you believe in what you're doing? And so for us, it was like, well, we better believe in this, that we're going all in. And I think same thing for you. So you changed your approach then. So at that point, you're at rock bottom. You said, all right, what we're doing is not working. So then you get into this content marketing. And I think that's what I really want to share because it's not what everyone thinks about content marketing. You had a whole different approach. Yeah. So I was reading all these fancy phrases like inbound marketing, content marketing, digital social. And what I heard in my simple pool guy mind at the time was, Marcus, if you just obsess over your customers' questions and you're willing to address them, whether they're good, bad, or ugly, through text and video on your site, you just might save your business. So I said, okay, if there's one thing that I can do is I feel like I can communicate and teach, right? And so I brainstormed all the questions that we'd ever received about fiberglass pools. I'd been selling them in homes for now about seven years. And each night I would stay up late. Would Every night I would write 
an answer to a question. And it was a long answer, right? It was a very thorough explanation of it. But I addressed questions that nobody in the industry had ever addressed. At this point in time, nobody had ever addressed how much does a fiberglass pool cost? And that's what we sold, fiberglass pools, yes. Jesse. Nobody had ever addressed that question. And we could go into that subject, as you well know, very, very easily. Nobody ever addressed the question, fiberglass versus concrete pools. Nobody had ever addressed the question, what are the problems with fiberglass pools? Nobody had ever addressed the questions like, are fiberglass pools cheap? Or do they pop out of the ground? Or do they crack? All these are, you would perceive them to be negative. But in reality, if you own that conversation, you have the possibility to induce the trust. And so we just went all in. We became the Wikipedia pools. And to make a long story really short, I'm sure we'll backtrack some maybe, but to make a long story really short, we became the most traffic swim pool website in the world. It saved the business. And now we got so many leads outside of our area of Virginia where we installed the pools that I had a choice to have to either throw all those leads away mm. or I could do something with them. And so we started manufacturing pools as well. So I took all the money that I had made from 2009 to basically 2016, dumped it into a building and put it back into the business. This year we'll manufacture about 550 fiberglass pools and we'll probably be the largest manufacturer, not just installer, but manufacturer of fiberglass pools in the world within the next five years, probably. That's where we're trending right now. It's amazing. And now you're sharing this with so many companies in wide different fields. And I think the big thing, Marcus, is that I loved in your book, you're like, we need to all think like teachers. And I think one of the quotes, you're like, think like teachers, not business owners. Teachers see the world differently. They obsess not just over the questions, but the way you answer them. It will make all the difference. It's dumb not to dumb it down, which I love. And I started thinking about our people. It's like our director of ticket sales. He said to me, he goes, Jesse, I've never felt like I sold the ticket in my three years I've been here. I go, really? He goes, oh, I'm just educating them about our product because it's so much dramatically different. I tell them about the all you can eat tickets and what to expect with the show. He goes, I've never felt like a salesperson. And I wonder how many salespeople can say that. So we're trying to teach people how to be teachers. How do you show that? How do you share? Oh, man, this is so great, right? So the obsession, and ideally, you know, when somebody, I like to go into companies and I'll say something like, just like, okay, so how would you all define content marketing? And usually there's all these terrible answers that are marketing-based and they're not human-based, right? And we got to make them human-based if it's going to become a movement within the company. And I learned a long time ago, if you want to get something approved in business, you call it sales. If you want to get it rejected, you call it marketing. And if you really want to alienate your team, you use marketing-based phrases. And so the way that I've always defined, in this case, what some might call content marketing, is our ability to be the best, most helpful teachers in the world at what we do, to your point. Now, what does a teacher do? Well, number one, a teacher is not looking to sound smart. You have everybody that is listening to this right now, we have seen a video We have read an article where you could just tell the person was trying to sound smart. And the moment you do that, you start to alienate yourself from the audience. The only goal that I have with any communication is just that, communion with the listener in this case. Never try to sound smart. That's number one. Number two is, and the teacher that I always think about is the kindergarten teacher. Okay, why? Because the kindergarten teacher, if they try to sound smart, they're going to speak above their audience. But number two, the kindergarten teacher, if Johnny in the back raises his hand, ignore the question. And you see, most businesses ignore the most fundamental questions 
that their buyers ask every single day. And what we found, I found this with Riverpools, and then I found it with companies all over the world. It's just basically five subjects that buyers are obsessed with, Jesse, that businesses don't like to talk about. In other words, they don't have the person raise their hand. Those five subjects are, and this is anybody that's researched anything, it doesn't matter what you sell, product, service, folks, everything we're talking about today with this philosophy of the ask you answer, it doesn't change. BBC, big, small, local, national service product. It's the same deal. That when you have somebody researching something, here's what they want to know. They want to understand cost. Everybody wants to know it. And here's what's funny too, Jesse. It doesn't matter if you can afford it or not. You want to understand it because you hate surprises. As buyers today, we abhor surprises. Number two, we are obsessed with understanding how could this thing blow up in my face? In other words, what are the negatives? What are the issues? What are the drawbacks? How could it go wrong? Right? So we want to understand it. So the moment we start to think we want it, we say, okay, how could it go wrong? And with every single thing in the world that we sell, there's a set of questions that buyers ask that are like, so is it true that I heard that? Someone told me that, (laughs) right? So with a fiberglass pool, Mm -hmm. in my case, it was, do they crack? Are they cheap? Do they look like a bathtub? Do they pop out of the ground? What are the problems with them? Are they ugly? Can you not customize them? Whatever. I saw all these things. So I have a choice. I can either address them yeah. or I can allow the competitor to do so yeah. or somebody else. But I refuse, refuse to allow someone else to own conversations that are happening all the time. So those are the first two, cost and then problems. The third subject that people are obsessed with is we love to compare stuff, man. When you, again, it doesn't matter, service product. We love to compare two or three things so as to say, Okay, I made the best decision. I have vetted well. I have researched properly. So that's number three. In my case with pools, that might have been fiberglass versus concrete pools. But it also might have been brushed concrete versus stamped concrete for my patio, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's a question that we're getting all the time. Salt versus regular chlorine for my pool, see? So... I'm using right now a B to C example, but folks, again, what's funny is at least half the clients that I've worked with with my agency are service-based businesses, right? It doesn't change. Whether it's a tangible product or not, it doesn't change. The fourth one is reviews. Reviews, man, we could go on and on about that, but people are obsessed with reviews, and so therefore you have a choice. You can either produce reviews or not, but again, somebody will. So let me give you an example of this. Uh, Bass Pro came to me recently, and they said, I I love Bass Pro. They're like, Marcus, so we have this tracker line of boats, and now we're going to have a tracker line of ATVs, all-terrain vehicles. Mm -hmm. And we want to follow the Ask You Answer. We read the book. We believe in it. So where should we start? I'm like, where we should start is reviews. And they're like, reviews? You mean we should review our own stuff? (laughs) like, yeah, because who understands your stuff as well as you do? Not only should you review your stuff, but you should review competitors in your space. Not in in the wrong way, but in the right context. Speaking just facts, right? Doing honest comparisons, things like that. You should do that as well. So we did that, and they've gone off just like, it's been amazing. And then finally, number five, 
people are obsessed with the best. We want to know when we are researching something, for example, what is the best type of swimming pool for my backyard, right? That's a silly example, but that's just one example. So those are the five things, cost, problems, comparisons, reviews, and best. We call them the big five. They literally run the economy, Jesse, but businesses, sadly, don't like to talk about them. You know what I love there too, even in talking about the best, but everything there, it's looking at you in the friction, some of the friction points that you go through. Like I'm literally thinking, you know, I was telling our team, like guys, parking, when you come to a sporting event, parking is something like, is there parking? Where do I park? And for us every day, will I find a seat? Is there seats? It's like, we need to address that every single time. And people are afraid to do it. And I think you made a, <laughs> you made a point earlier too. It's like teaching is different. Marketing is about you. Teaching, if you're a good teacher, it's about the student. It's about the person that you're teaching. And so we always say, for us, it's stop marketing, start putting on a show, because that's what we're all about. But it's start answering questions, start caring for your people. And so you've got those five areas. And as the starting point, I think we talked about this in your speech, is just write down the questions that you're hearing from your customers. Is that as simple as that? You know, Jesse, it really is that simple. And people say, really? No, it's really that simple, (laughs) which is why the sales team and anybody that's really customer-facing should be involved in what you might call your editorial calendar Mm -hmm. or this content ideation process. But generally, they should be aligned with the big five. The reason why so many companies struggle with content, because, man, I have so many come to me and say, yeah, I've been producing content. We're not seeing traffic, lead sales, blah, blah, blah. I guess our industry is just too saturated. No, 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 no. Here's the litmus test, Jesse. This is what's like, how can you know if something's really, really a good piece of content, especially those that are just really getting into this. One question that you have to ask yourself is, could the sales team, or let's say in your case, my customer service team, customer experience team, could they use this piece of content today? Because if it's good, the sales team is going to say, I have been dealing with that question over and over again. Finally, now I have something, another tool in my toolbox that I can use. Right. And so this is the litmus test. So much content that gets produced is fluffy stuff, man. Let me give you a dumb example. Again, just go back to pools because it's easy. Like I can see, and I've seen this before, swimming pool companies might produce an article or do a video that's like five fun games to play in your swimming pool. Well, that's nice. But guess what? Ain't nobody ever asked me. As when I was a pool guy for roughly 10 years of my life. Not once did somebody ask me, so Marcus, what are some really fun games I could play in my swimming pool? <laughs> because although that might be something that people are researching, that's not my buyer. Yes, exactly. You'll have your chance to answer those fluffy questions later. Yeah. But for your first 12, 18, 24 months of doing this, you focus on what will move the sales needle and what your customers want to know right now. You start at the bottom of the funnel and you work your way out you don't start at the outside of the funnel and work your way down. And this is the great mistake that so many companies make. You know, I just had a realization. One of the best selling books there is, is what to expect when you're expecting. <laughs> it's good. It's really solid. And what if every company had a what to expect when you're expecting to work with us? Every company, this is it. And like, because like for us, I think about it, like it's a different experience. It's not a baseball game. It's a circus. Every ticket's all inclusive. It's a lot of different things. And people are like, what is this? And you have it laid out. You can have it in a written form and then video as well. And I think it's so simple. Marcus, why are companies not doing this? Everybody. 
there's a set that are still living in 1995, if we're being honest with ourselves, right? Which is sad but true. In other words, they believe that consumer ignorance is a viable sales and marketing strategy, and it no longer is. Because buyers are not dumb. Even the uninformed eventually will become the informed. And when you accept this reality, it gives you the ability to talk about things that nobody in your space could talk about. Let me give you an example. Like I once wrote an article that was wildly successful on my site, which was, who are the best pool builders in Richmond, Virginia, review slash ratings. And I came up with a list of five of the best pool builders in the city of Richmond, which is one of my major areas. And I literally listed my five biggest competitors, okay? <laughs> and you weren't in it. I know. I wasn't even on it. Now, you might say, why were you not on it? Because first off, they were reading it, so that meant they were on my website. <laughs> Secondly, they quickly figure out by reading it, like, oh, wow, this is the guy that I trust. You have to read it. Just go Google Best Pool Builders, Richmond, Virginia, and you can read it for yourself, folks. The point is, the first year I did that article, it generated $150,000. Oftentimes, when somebody is researching my competitors, like let's say reviews, XYZ pools, Richmond, Virginia, they're going to learn about that competitor on my website. Again, every single question that somebody is researching that is a potential buyer of mine, I want to be a part of the conversation. That is the choice that I have, Jesse. And man, that is a fun choice to make. And it's crazy. I have not seen the exception to this in the industry that I've worked with. Mm. And I think for the listeners here, I went through this. After I read the book, I came and told our staff, I go, guys, by the end of the week, every question you get asked, send in an email. Let's put this in. Let's start building <laughs> this. And I literally had them do it. And they were like, and I was like, all right, next week, let's do it again. And I'm like, guys, they're the same questions. And so what our director of ticket sales, he did a whole ticket tutorial and put that together. And guys, it's a game changer. But you just have <laughs> to so cool. You, well, you just have to do it because we do content in a fun way. And we believe every company is an entertainment company. But you also not only entertain, you need to answer questions. And I think where I want to go now, Marcus, is the power of video. Because yeah. you know what started as blogs for you, and again, the point you made before, you weren't a great writer. You weren't great on video when you started. Right. We have sure. no idea what we were doing when we started here. No idea. You get better. You do, and then you learn. But video, where it's at right now. I've heard some statistics by like 2021, what, 85% of content is going to be video. I don't know if you've heard these two, but it's staggering. Yeah. What's the role that you're working with companies? Because you were fired up about it at our talk. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm all in on video. And in fact, a couple of years ago, I went to my team. So just for the listeners' sake to understand, because I'm talking about different teams, I have a swimming pool company and I have an agency. And so with my agency, we have about 65 employees. And I started that really because so many people said to me, I could see how that would work for you as a pool guy, but I'm not sure it would work for me because everybody thinks they're different, which is one of the great flaws of businesses. You know, it was funny, Jesse, on a side note, the most successful businesses that I run to around the world don't sit there and say how different they are in terms of like, they don't say, no, but we're different, so therefore we're the exception. They say, you know, fundamentally, we're just like everybody else. And because we're just like everybody else, our business is based on trust. And so therefore, we're going to obsess over that. And then they become so very different. Do you see what I mean? Yes. And so you look at video. It's taking over the world. And I went to my team and I said, is it possible to teach companies how to have a culture of video in-house? And everybody's like, no, I don't think so. They need to hire a video production company. I'm like, do you really think in 2019 and beyond that outsourcing all of your video is going to be the future when we got 
teenagers all day long are doing their own videos. Why in the, are they all of a sudden one day going to put the phone down and say, this is inefficient. I'm just going to outsource it to somebody else. It doesn't make any sense. And it's so economical. Most people think that video production is so expensive. When you insource it, it is so incredibly cost effective, especially as a sales tool first. Because when you look at video, for the majority of it's not everybody, but for the majority of businesses, you say, okay, first let's integrate it as a sales tool. And immediately get through turn on the marketing and branding element of the business. So that's how you would want to view it. So you start with sales, and then again, you move to marketing and branding side of things. Now, what we discovered as we work with companies helping them to develop this culture of video, Jesse, is there's basically seven types of videos that if you create these, they will have the greatest impact on the sales process. And I can tell you one other thing about this, which is funny, my man, and that is the number one video that companies produce that makes the least amount of revenue, that has the lowest ROI, in most cases, is the About Us video. (laughs) And you know this by the fact that if anybody has a sales team, you've never heard a salesperson for the most part. There's going to be exceptions always. But for the most part, you'll never hear a salesperson say, man, I can't wait for our About Us video. It's going to help me address so many of these questions and doubts and worries that my buyers have. It just doesn't, right? So what are the videos that move the needle? So the first one is what we call the 80% video. The 80% video is a video that addresses the 80% most repeated questions you get asked all the time. And so if you have multiple products, what you want to do is brainstorm the most common questions you get on those most popular services or products that you sell. And you want to choose the top seven questions for each one. And then you create a mashup video of those seven questions being answered on video that you send out to the prospect as soon as they get essentially into the funnel, right? So in your case with ticket sales, as soon as somebody says, I've got questions about ticket sales, you've already got a video that's made that you know is going to address those top 80%. And now the other thing about that is, One of the problems that so many people have in business is let's say that person comes to you, Jesse, and asks questions about ticket sales, but then they have to go to other decision makers on the team Mm. and answer their questions. Well, they don't do nearly as good of a job being the messenger as they do the listener. And so what you want is a video that they can deliver to the other decision makers that are going to address the major questions that they have as well. Does that make sense? That's the 80% video. Yes couple other quick ones here. Bio video. A bio video is a quick video that gives a little bit about you personally and professionally, but the key is that you put it in your email signature. Email signatures are grossly underutilized. And so one of the easiest things that you can do to help people hear your voice and see your face and get to know you better is by putting a bio video in your email signature. And the best tool that I've seen for that is a super simple tool called Ystamp. It's a great email signature tool. They have one for teams. They've got a free version. They've got a pro version. I highly recommend it. Okay? So we got 80% video. We've got bio videos. The third type of video is product service pages. So here's the real quick one-on-one on that. On every major product or service page you have on your site, you want to have at least one specific video 
that addresses that product or that service. But here's the key. It's got to have two parts. And almost everybody screws up the second part, Jesse, and that's this. First part that everybody's going to have is who the product is for or who the service is for, the problem it solves, etc. The second part, and again, this is more important, is who that product or service is not <laughs> a good fit for. This is so stinking fundamental. Well, Marcus, to- on that note, we actually posted an ad, who should not apply for this job? So we did do not apply for this job. And so whenever we do that, we tell people who should not work for us. Yeah, it yeah. cuts through the chase. And the moment you're willing to say what you're not in life is the moment you become dramatically more attractive to those who you are a good fit for. Now, now is this for every product? I'm, I'm just thinking here, like for a retail company or like even for us, I mean, we sell 50 different merchandise items. How specific do you suggest getting on that stuff? Well, this is going to be one of those where I think there's times when you don't necessarily need to say it, but if there's clear reasons why somebody would be debating a particular product, yes. right? So, for example, let's say you have like special team activities at the stadium. So that would be a perfect case of what types of companies really get the most out of this mm-hmm. and what types are probably not the ideal fit for this type of activity. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense with the ticket stuff. Yeah, 100%. Cool. Yeah, so that type of one where there's a lot of decision-making going into it. If it's a really granular thing, I probably wouldn't worry about it so much. No, it's like... But either way, like let our, your our Dolce questions and, from the buyers be the guide. Yeah, no, I was thinking about our Dolce and banana underwear where we have big banana on the crotch with a small banana. <laughs> like, this is not for someone that takes themselves too seriously. This <laughs> <laughs> is a great thing. So, all right. so, number four is a video... On your landing pages next to your forms that somebody can fill out on your website. So when somebody's filling out a form online, you, me, anybody's listening to this, there's basically four major fears that we have. The four major fears that we have when we fill out forms is, number one, are you going to spam me to death? Number two, are you going to call me to death? Number three, what are you going to do with my information, like privacy concerns? And number four, so what's going to happen if I fill out this form? Very similar to what you said a few minutes ago, Jesse, in terms of, so what's going to happen when, right? Yes. So what to expect when expecting? Yes. Same thing here. So here's what we found. This is a magical, super simple, quick technique, and it can be a game changer in terms of your lead generation. You put a video immediately next to that contact us form or get a quote form or whatever type of form that is. And with that video, you've got to have a title that's very clear. Otherwise, people aren't going to click on the video because they won't understand why it's there. Now, the title is key as well, Jesse. The title should sound something like this. It would say, see exactly what will happen if you fill out this form. Now, what a lot of people will do is they'll say something like, the title will be, why you should fill out this form. But that's not right. Because if you say why you should fill out this form, that denotes you're biased. (laughs) You see what I'm saying, right? And we do this all the time in business. So, for example, a lot of copy on websites are wrong. So sometimes you'll see people say, what makes us special? Well, that's actually not the right way to say it. The better way to say it is, so are we really any different than anybody else? Yeah, 100%. And also know what your brand is. So for instance, what I'm thinking, like, what will happen when you fill out this form? It goes to like a video 
of us like, they filled out the form. And all of us in banana costumes, celebrating, throwing things, going crazy, having a party. Okay, after the celebration, this is what happens. And again, it fits your brand, how you answer it. It doesn't have to be all serious. I think that's probably a key component. Oh, that's that's such a good one. We have this one where the guy that answered the calls went when they fill out a form on our site, he did this video where he's like, he brings this whole stack of mail. And he's like, I'm sorry I'm late. I've been busy reading Marcus's fan mail from around the world. You know, he's like, he makes this big joke out of it. You know, and he's like, yeah, Marcus is like the Mother Teresa of content marketing. Now, this was his idea. I just let him go with it. I didn't even see it until the end. It was so funny. I'm like, that's funny. Yes. And people watching, they said, you've got personality. We like you guys. If you see it with my swimming pool company, it's the same thing, man. If you get a chance, if you just listen to this, go to my pool site right now, go to the Contact Us page, and you'll see a video next to the Contact Us or get a price, get a quote form. And you'll see my videographer, and he's funny, and there's a couple of Easter eggs in the video that you might spot. It's just real, right? It's just real. So it's good stuff, and it works. Here's the bottom line to this one, though, Jesse. We have found consistently with our clients that if they put a video like this next to that form on their site, they'll get an 80% lift on average of the total conversions for that particular form. Wow. Unbelievable. Can you imagine getting double the number of people filling out your contact us page? And then the only reason people aren't doing it is because of their either fear. Like, again, we almost, you have have to answer these questions. Why are people not doing it? Because it's such a no brainer. There's a lot of misnomers to that too. Like, People saying, I'm just not good on video. (laughs) That's the biggest lie in the history of Earth. Because if you go to any salesperson or if you go to most people that are customer facing, like yourself, right? And this is never a problem for you. But if, let's say you have a sales team, they're like, I don't know, Jesse. Well, here's the first question you want to ask your team. I love to ask salespeople, so are you good with people? You know, 100% of the time they say, yeah, I'm really good with people. And you see, the problem is we don't see the camera as a customer. The moment you see the camera as a real person, everything starts to change. Game over, yeah. And you're exactly right. It's game over moment. And so I have found with a very small amount of training, most people are actually very good on camera. Yeah, 100% once they get used to it. All right, so we've done four so far. The 80% video, the bio videos, the product service, the question, the landing pages, were the last few? Yeah, well, in just last couple here, customer journey videos, and so you don't want just written reviews on your site. Show me the whole journey. And like in your case, Jesse, like I'm sure you have this, but let's say you have the journey of it's the parent. And they're saying, you know, I was just trying to think of a way for us to get together as a family and have fun and not spend a ton of money and just do something memorable. And I want to do something different. And all of a sudden I thought, right. And so they transition over to, I thought that's fair bananas, right? And then you have them, walking that journey of what they went through at the game and the reaction of the kids. And then you have the end part of the video where they talk about, here's, as I reflect back on it, this is what I got out of the experience, right? And so there's always three parts to these journey videos. It's the problem they had, like where they were, the journey they went on with you and your company, and where they ended up. Mm. Super, super simple and so effective. And I find that most people, if you do a good job for them, would love to be in these. Yeah, found to who we're not a good fit for in and of itself is just a very good one. Okay. So who we're not a good fit for is just a great one. And then the last one is you want to have cost price videos as well. So don't just do it in text, really address the questions of cost and price in video as well. And although we didn't talk a lot about cost and price, because a lot of people are thinking, 
you don't understand Marcus, blah, 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 blah. There's always, if you read the book, they ask you to answer, I go into the psychology behind this. But ultimately, what you have to at least do when you talk about cost and price, you have to teach people what drives cost up and what keeps it down. Help them understand their options and just make sure they don't have any surprises. You don't have to put a definitive price list per se of your stuff, but you do have to be willing to address it. Now, somebody like you are probably going to be a lot more specific with pricing Mm -hmm. because you you sell tickets. Now, other companies that sell services, they might not give exact pricing, but they should at least give ranges and they should talk about the factors that are going to drive it up and down in the industry. Now the person says, okay, I understand. That's the key to addressing cost and price. You do a great example of that because I am doing a lot of speaking now and a lot of live workshops. And I looked at Joey Coleman's website, who I've got to know very well, and he's got his specific prices on there. You, what I noticed is you have ranges of what it's like to get a certain level of speaker, but you don't specifically list it. You just give the education of this is a $5,000 speaker. This is a $10,000 speaker. Was there a conscious decision on that? Because that's a tough thing. I'm going through it. Should I put my exact prices? So in my case... Because sometimes people say, well, Marcus, you didn't put your prices. To your point, I actually did about 2,000 words on how much a keynote speaker costs. 100%. Right? It's amazing. And so it is extremely thorough, and it does a great job of educating someone. It's like, okay, now I see how this all works. Now, in my case, there are times when I'll charge X, and there's other times when I charge Y. Mm-hmm. And so that's the reason why I don't have super specifics on there. So like, I'll do a couple pro bono events per year. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do some events at a much lower rate because I'm looking just to get into the industry. Mm-hmm. And then I have other events where it's I've been in that industry. I'm in high demand in that industry. And so the price is going to scale out. So actually, my pricing model is much more closer to what an airline charges than what a traditional like product is that's almost the same thing every single time. And so based on what the person says to us, that's what we end up charging. But either way... At least I've given them a great sense as to, okay, this is what I'm dealing with here. I love it. I love it. Well, Marcus, you've given so much here, but you know, I told you we got to have a couple games. So I'm, I created a new yeah, one. Yeah, game time. I, I created okay. a new one for you. This is a they ask, you answer showdown, but I'm actually making it into video based. So I'm going to name a type of industry. You can maybe suggest one unique, fun, different video they could do. And then you could throw one back at me, okay? Ooh, that's yeah. dope. Yeah. All right. Realtor. Yeah, so I would do one on the schooling system. Mm-hmm. So I would do a complete review on the different schooling systems in that area because this is the number one question that parents want to know as they move into an area. It's a super, super powerful subject, and almost no realtors do it. I love it. I love it. Perfect. All right, you can throw one at me in industry. <laughs> so, oh, okay. So and can I pick any industry? Yes, I, and I'll, I might need your help. I might even insist on you. Okay, medical marijuana. <laughs> you would go there. <laughs> That's so far out of my element right now. You know, I would think a feature on someone, a unique story. Again, that's more produced, but I would think of someone a unique story on the impact that it's made on their life. Now, that's a serious feature. You could also do a fun one. What would you do on that one? I would absolutely do a who is medical marijuana for and not for. Yeah, okay. Because what, right now, people are living in a state of ignorance about it, right? Yeah. And so they're really wondering, like, I got pain. Is this something I should be considering? Yeah. So that's what they're asking. So the beauty behind it, if you just simplify it down to what is the issues, worries, concerns, fears of the, in this case, the buyer, then you can quickly find something that's very original. It's like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense, but nobody's done it. So you don't see these 
like these medical marijuana companies, you don't see them. And by the way, <laughs> I don't even smoke. I don't even drink. It's funny that I said that. Yeah, one. I love that you chose was, that one. I'm like so was, far on my own. No, was, it makes I sense. was thinking about that one today. I'm like, I actually literally had the question on my mind today. It's like, somebody, I had a, like a flash. If a big conference came to you, Marcus, to speak on medical marijuana, would you do it? I'm like, that's a really interesting question, Marcus. So I was like, that was the conversation I had with myself. That's why I popped that one out. <laughs> no, it's perfect. It's simple framework. All right, I'm throwing another one at you. A YMCA. And maybe specifically, because this group's been talking to me a lot recently, they run sports programs for the kids. So what's a video you would do for a YMCA running sports programs? Oh, that's a good one. On this one, I would go to a major problem that parents are having, which is kids disconnecting and just really improving their physical and therefore mental health through exercise. So I would do a series of interviews with the participants of the program that specifically talked about how did this make me feel by disconnecting from my phone over the course of an hour and doing this exercise in this game. And parents would be nodding their head the whole time saying, that's exactly what I want for my child. Love it. All right, I'm breaking the rules because I've already lost this game. So is there one other (laughs) company or industry that maybe stands out that did a very unique video that you worked with that you saw and you were like, wow, this killed it? So I just had a good one. It's going to sound potentially plain, but it was a, it's a metal roofing manufacturer. And they said, we've got two buyers. We've got builders and we've got homeowners that are looking to get a metal roof. So how do we do something for both? And they said, why don't we create a video that shows a documentary of a customer getting quotes from different builders and therefore teach the homeowner how the quoting process works for getting a new roof while at the same time, teaching builders how different types of builders give quotes. I love it. I love it. Amazing. It's awesome. It, it, you know, again, it's just thinking outside the box a little bit, but to also really bring it in and say, all right, what do people need to know? It's about our people. It's just so, so simple, Marcus. I love it. If you're going back to your team and you want to get buy-in today, like, you know, I just ran in like with the yellow tux just screaming, like, guys, let's start answering every question. And they're like, Jesse's running in here like crazy again. Probably not the best approach, but it did work. How would you suggest getting the best buy-in from your team? A few of these are going to sound self-serving, but this is a major, major problem that you just said, Jesse. The number one email that I've received over the course of almost 10 years writing and speaking about digital sales and marketing comes from marketers who are frustrated, who are about to leave their job. Mm -hmm. They're so frustrated because they feel handcuffed that they can't exercise their creative juices. Like somebody works for you, man, they can just, the more creative, the better. But that's a rarity. That's an anomaly. Most companies are so traditional and most marketers are trying to be more progressive. And so what happens is you have this dichotomy of wants and it's, it's a very bad thing. And so you've got a lot of smart marketers who still explain it to their team, but they get pushback. And the reason is you can be a prophet to the world, but nobody listens to you in your hometown. And so what you have to do is you have to educate your leadership through another means. And there's different means. One means is by having them read a book. And that sounds so silly, but it's so freaking true. Like I wrote the Ask You Answer, not for marketers. I wrote it for CEOs that are hard-headed mm. because now they had a tool these marketers to get by in. Another thing is, Generally speaking, when you go to all these events, like the fact that you as a CEO were at Social Media Marketing World is rare because usually the marketers there and the CEO is not. This is why you're killing it, whereas others struggle because you were there, you had the ideas, and so they've got to get to the events, they've got to read the books. 
I do a lot of in-house workshops to get the buy-in. This is a really, really big problem. But what you can't do is you can't send out an email that says, hey, y'all, let's just start answering all of our customers' questions and be more transparent than anybody else in our space. Generally, that's met with pushback. Mm. So, I mean, that makes so much sense. And again, if you put it into their, their, the people's perspective, like what we're looking at is we're saying, guys, we also want to make you even more well-known. Like we're doing Facebook Lives every single day now. We have ticket talks. We talk about what we're doing. We have trivia. Because now in this video culture, it's not just answering the questions, but it's showing off the people behind the brand because people buy from people. They don't buy from necessarily brands. And just like you said, one of the favorite videos that I got so excited about when you shared was the bio videos. We want to know who you are. And I think that's the win-win. Say, guys, also, you can be part of this. It's not just about the CEO and the company. It's about you. Jesse, how many companies right now are using the phrase, it's our people that make us different? (laughs) This is the most prolific, like, catch-all phrase I'm hearing from businesses right now. And it's actually pretty condescending in some ways because that's like saying, somehow the humans that work for you are superior than everybody else, which is really, really funny. And so it's not until you actually show your people in action and people can hear their voice and they can hear their story and they can watch them that they're able to say, you know what? Their people really are different. I mean, I don't think necessarily like Chick-fil-A employees are incredibly different acting, but they're not different people. But everybody says they're different. Why? Because we've experienced the fact that they always say my pleasure and they do all those things that they do. And the same thing with this amazing brand that you build, like people like it's real. It's like a completely different experience. And can we show that experience that they achieve at the ballpark? Can we show that beforehand? And I believe in many ways we can, and we can do so much of a better job. And last point I'll make about this, the more you show your employees, the more you celebrate them, the more not less, but more they become aligned and loyal to your brand. 1,000%. I love it. All right, we'll finish with one quick game and some final questions here. Marcus, I've been grilling you, asking you a lot of questions. We're now doing flip the script. You are the host of Business Done Differently. You can ask me one question. What was the biggest mistake you have made in the last year? As you've been successful, the biggest mistake you've made in business in the last year? That's a great question. You know, it's funny, I skip so much over all the failures. We have a lot of them, so I don't even think about that. But clarity, I think that the sense we're jumping from thing to thing to thing. And I'm this crazy idea guy that I think sometimes I come to my staff with all different things. And so we've probably had some missteps here and there. I mean, three years ago was the biggest misstep when we tried to be like everyone else. We came into the city. I wasn't wearing the yellow tux because I was too scared in the beginning. We were trying to market like everyone else. And then we said, no, we're going all in on this crazy brand, the bananas. And I think for us, whenever we aren't our real selves, we aren't ever like, we're bonkers. Some people aren't going to like us. Baseball fans hate us because we're not like a baseball game. They don't like <laughs> so us. Great. And so when we say we're very clear, we're a circus and a baseball game breaks out. So I think anytime that we try to look at what someone else is doing, maybe in the industry and try to be like that, that is a colossal failure. So we've done some of that because it's scary to go so far in the other direction. So that was a great question. I'm moving on because you could get me going for a while on that. But questions are everything. And if you want better answers in business, you need to ask better questions. That's what you preach. What are some of the best questions right now? If you could have like question that you're asking people, what are you asking? So in terms of digital, okay, I like to ask questions like how often does your sales and marketing team meet together and share ideas? You learn a ton about a company with that simple question right there, right? I also ask, 
to what we were just talking about a minute ago. How often does your leadership team attend events with the marketing department? I know exactly how bought in they are after I get that answer, right? So I'd say those are two right there. Brilliant. All right. Bang through the final four here. What's one thing you've done to stand out in business and in life? The biggest thing that I've done as a speaker is I got off the stage and I had a conversation with the audience and everybody said, they're not going to like that. And they're going to feel like you're invading their space. But the beauty is, even though less than 5% feel that way, the other 95% say, this is one of the more invigorating experiences that I've ever had with a speaker. And I will second that. You went and you singled out like 15 or 20 people in a conversation in a 145-minute keynote. It was extremely powerful. Now, you have four kids. One's getting ready. It sounds to go off to college. If you were to give them advice as they go off into the professional world, what would you tell your kids? My frank advice to my kids is never, it's the Mark Twain, never let your schooling get in the way of your education. We're obsessed with education, but I'm definitely not obsessed with schooling in the wrong context. Schooling just for schooling, if you know what I mean. Yes, love it. Some of the best advice you've received. I don't know if you had certain mentors or certain coaches in your life, but something that really stands out for you. I think the one that I said earlier to me is the big one, and that is you don't need to sound smart, to be viewed as incredibly intelligent. And when I released that from all my writing, from all my communication, that was massive. And the other one for me is how, as a speaker, as a teacher, and as a presenter, it's not my goal to tell the audience. My goal is to help them discover the thing that I'm trying to tell them Mm. before I actually tell it to them. I love it. I love it. And finally, Marcus, how do you want to be remembered? I would say if I had a tombstone, it would just, it would say he was a great teacher and I would be very satisfied. Ah, love it. Love it. Well, my friend, you gave us an MBA today, shared so much new insights for me after hearing you speak. I can't thank you enough. Where can people learn more? As I shared pre-call, they ask you answer was the last book that I bought multiple copies for our team. And as Marcus, you don't know this, but we have a better book club. So we pay everyone on our team to read. We've paid out thousands of dollars. Reading is everything for us. And that was the last book. It was a no-brainer for our whole team to read. So got to check that out. But Marcus, where else can they learn from you? Yeah, you know, MarcusSheridan.com. And if you listen to this, and you're like, I didn't understand that one thing they said. Just email me directly. It's Marcus at MarcusSheridan.com. And I'll answer your questions. But Jesse, man, this was so fun. And I adore what you're doing. And I can't wait to bring my kids to one of your games. Yeah, I'd love to have you. Well, you are a game changer. Thanks again, Marcus. Thank you for listening to Business Done Differently with Jesse Cole, the Yellow Tux Guy. If you love the show, let Jesse know by leaving a review on iTunes or sending him an email at jesse at findyouryellowtux.com. For more information on the guest and topics of this episode, visit findyouryellowtux.com. Until next time, stop standing still, start standing out.